Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Speaking Software. I'm your host Philip and together we're going to take yet another look at the soft side of software development. Today's topic is one in our series on tech interviewing. Specifically, we're going to talk about red flags in tech interviewing. Let's get right into it. So personally, I think people should interview often, even if you're happy with your job. It gives you a really great insight into the current state of the industry, what you and your skills are worth, and it can also be a really great reminder that maybe the gig you have might not be so bad after all. Unfortunately, oh man, tech interviewing is just in this really weird place where no one can actually agree on the same approach to it. And everybody, including me, has some really strong opinions about how it can be improved. We're going to leave that ramble for another day though. Today, I specifically want to focus on interview red flags. Basically, no matter what way a company wants to conduct their software developer or engineer interviews, these are near universal heuristics that even if you get the job, you're more than likely going to end up having a really, really bad time. So let's recap on interviews first. Interviews go both ways. A lot of people seem to forget this. It's just as much for you to evaluate the company as it is for the company to evaluate you. And it's not a one-sided thing. This isn't like interviewing for a job in your local supermarket at 17 years old. You are providing a highly technical set of skills. You have a lot of power here. Honestly, it's it's kind of like dating. You got to get out there and you got to see if there's someone out there for you. And of course, they're out there looking for someone for them, which could be you. Everyone is on their best behavior, and this can often give a false sense of safety and security. It's up to you to suss out what the real person is like before you settle down or shack up with them. If you're seeing stuff that you don't like now, when they're supposed to be at their best, really give a lot of thought into how bad it's really going to be when they have some actual fiscal or contractual control over you. Remember, you can always walk away before it gets too serious. What do I mean by serious? Well, serious is when you've signed something. Or, you know, maybe you've already handed in your notice in your current job in anticipation of getting this one. Serious is when you are so invested, whether that's emotionally or financially or whatever, that you get the position. At any stage in the interview process, you can just stand up and say, hey, I have given this a lot of thought and it seems like we're not going to be a great fit for each other. Thanks for your time. Best of luck. Goodbye. That's it. There are no consequences for a bad interview or leaving an interview and not wasting people's time. You'll never be blacklisted and any threats of, you know, you'll never work in this industry. It's all just hot air. It is so much better for everybody involved for you to dip early before they're invested or you're invested and you've given your time or maybe you're, you know, emotionally attached to getting this job, maybe to get out of a bad situation. So my list of red flags, you know, it's not going to be 
something you're going to find on a BuzzFeed blog or regurgitated from other sources. These are all from my actual personal experience over the last decade. You know, I've seen these signs and often missed them in the start. And I've learned the hard way over the years. I want to tell you about it so you don't have to go through the same experiences. Every one of these red flags has a bit of a story, but for the sake of brevity, we're just going to stick to the facts. So red flags. I like to split this up into two sections. The first will be red flags and interviews designed to test your soft skills. And the second section will be interviews designed to test your hard or technical skills. So soft skill interviews, the emphasis on these is speaking, dialogue, experience, cultural fit. You're going to be asked about your past projects, problems you solved, maybe how you handle hypothetical situations or, you know, maybe your personal philosophy on development or management. Red flag number one, when money and or salary range, they're not talked about during the first calls. Now, it's not normal to see salary in a job listing, and this is deliberately to stop, you know, scalping vulture recruiters, but it should be addressed as early as possible during communication. I guarantee you this has happened to me 100 times out of 100. If they do not mention salary within the first call, you know, your screening call or whatever, if you end up getting offered a position, you will be lowballed. And the tough part is after all of the time that goes into technical interviews, especially at maybe the mid to senior level where, you know, you could have eight rounds of interviews, two of which could be take home tests or whatever. That's a lot of time. And you might just take a bad offer just because, because you've come that far. Red flag number two is uncomfortable situations. This is just people being rude or lying or committing social faux pas. The worst one for me, and I see it way, way too often. It's, man, it's when people are obviously answering emails or doing work while they're pretending to listen to you. How many of you have gone to an interview, you're trying your hardest to sell yourself, and the person you're talking to is writing emails? It is so rude. I am a firm believer if if I have made time for this, you should too. Another part of uncomfortable situations is just one-sided conversations, you know, where they ask you questions and they let you respond and then they wait in case you've more to say, which you never do. There's no feedback. There's no report. There's no conversation. If there is this level of disengagement in your interview, it's a bad sign. Red flag number three would be interviewers, and this is typically non-HR folk who don't know the projects or processes that you're going to be working on. Now, I don't mean the day-to-day stuff, but if the person who's interviewing you has no idea of what team you're going to be on, you know, the rough projects or long-term arcing goals that you're going to be a part of, that is a big sign that you're not talking to or being interviewed by the right people. Red flag number four is when they're all process and no people. This has happened to me a couple of times and honestly, it just boils my blood. You know, they bring you into a room, you're given a questionnaire or a technical test 
and they say something along the lines of, I'll be back in 30 minutes. Or worse, leave it with John at the door on your way out. This shows that they do not value your time. There is no reason questionnaires and little tests like this can have been sent by email in advance and you know your response send it back in advance or you can bring your response with you and then it's a conversation or interview topic red flag number five are wacky hypothetical situations some companies are famous for them and you know the type the big four and they bring these real outside the box type of questions you know the type like how could you find the weight of an Airbus 380 if it's full of ISO-sized rubber ducks who are in turn filled with champagne, but not from France? And you're not allowed to use your hands or legs. If the person asking this question is enjoying themselves watching you get more and more frustrated at them, you know, refusing your answers, if they happen to be anywhere in the hierarchy above you you're literally going to be working in hell just as a side note there's literally no value in these questions at all ever you're never going to be in a situation of such intense pressure in a software company where you have to think of like a solution within two minutes with really limited options and strict restrictions and you know, having everyone saying nope, nope, nope and smiling wider and wider as you begin to cry from frustration. At least not if you're doing your job correctly. Red flag number six here would be correctors and clarifiers. Now, you know exactly who I'm talking about and this is going to dredge up memories of old teachers or professors who really got you down. You know the type where you just dreaded going to their classes because you knew if they seen you, they would just ruin your day. These are the type of people who correct the words or phrasing that you use, even though they know exactly what you mean. Oh man, it's so annoying. I've been to interviews before and people have tried to trip me up with really nitpicky stuff. Like you could say SQL instead of SQL. Or you could say function instead of method. And they'll stop you and they'll try and throw you off your role for just these ridiculous reasons. It is a strong sign of someone trying to dominate in a social setting and trying to appear knowledgeable. But usually they don't have the in-depth knowledge to back it up. It is low-key bullying behavior. Do you really want to work with somebody like that? That's all for soft skill interviews. But for hard skill interviews... We've got a few of these. I'm going to divide these up into three little sections. One's going to be pair programming. Another is going to be whiteboarding. And the last is going to be a technical test, which could, you know, usually be take home. So for pair programming, like these are, you know, video or screen share calls, or they could be in person. There's two red flags here. Red flag number one is in this pair programming session, you're not using, using the actual dev tools that you would use on a day-to-day basis. Now, the thinking behind this is that you can't cheat with your development environment. For me though, knowing the tooling is equally as important as knowing the code, especially if it can save you time. You think of tools like ReSharper or Emmet, the plugin for generating HTML from shorthand. It's tools like this that can 
really, really dramatically increase the productivity and the output of a team. If you're not going to let someone have access to those, what are you really testing? The second red flag for pair programming sessions is usually when there's no discussion. If it's become a supervision session and not a pair or collaboration session, these should be a two-way street. These people, you know, in the future could be on your team or your superior or they need to also bring their technical know-how to the situation. It's no good just them sitting there and saying to you, reread the requirements every time you have a question. If it's done right, a pair programming session can be an excellent learning experience. I've done some before with companies and it's been a really great way for me to demonstrate my technical knowledge and the interviewer would have learned something and vice versa, where I would have tackled a problem in a specific you know, direction or angle and the interviewer afterwards would have said, you know, your solution's correct, blah, blah, blah. But maybe if you tried it from this way, it could be faster, it's more scalable. And there's, there's value to the session beyond the interview context. Jumping then into whiteboarding and presentation se sessions. These are typically designed to test your idea of public speaking, presentation, and your general ability to, you know, explain ideas and concepts. If a company uses it as a stress test though, massive red flag. So typically how these go is, you know, you're gonna be asked to maybe architect a system in five to 10 minutes with no prep. You're gonna have marker in hand and you're just gonna be going at the board, you know, narrating what you're doing as you're going. And you're gonna get asked questions along the way. A good company will ask clever questions that require you to change your approach. You know, have you considered how it work in a cloud scenario or as a distributed system or how does that handle multiple tenants? It's totally normal that they may even have a bad cop or devil's advocate there to ask tougher questions. But if some heel is consistently trying to trip you up and they're gonna ask the, the most stupid general questions like, how does that scale? Can you do it in ON or O log N? And they usually have a big shit eating grin when they're asking. The red flag here is this person could be your line manager or on your team factor this into your decision making the last technical hard skill type of interview is the technical test the majority of these that i've done are take home and there's a few red flags here that can really show you the true nature of a company all of your soft interviews might have been great but if this technical interview doesn't sit well with you Take this as your final sign to get off the pain train before the last stop. Red flag number one here for me is if you cannot open source your solution. But what I mean by that is, you know, anonymize and take your solution and stick it up on GitHub or whatever, as an example. It's important that the company knows that they don't own you. They don't own your work. They really have to be fully aware from that from the get go. I've been threatened a couple of times with legal action, you know, and that, you know, it would be serious consequences because by doing that, I would be revealing company secrets. Now, bear in mind, these are for companies that 
I've only interviewed for, I've never worked for, I've never signed anything, I've never signed an NDA, I've never been paid from. I don't know. The next red flag here is going to be when it's an obvious production feature or bug they want you to work on. Something that can be used in a commercial context. This to me is horrendous practice. It is taking advantage. There are companies out there, I won't name them, but they see the interview process as a way to get free work. And imagine that you interview 10 reasonably good candidates and you get them to do a take-home test that could be anywhere from 10 to 40 hours. That's 10 to 40 hours times 10 in terms of free work you're getting done. You only have to hire one of them. And even then, you don't even have to hire them. Horrendous practice. The last red flag here for technical take-home tests are when the tests are ridiculously long. I've had cases before. I, I don't understand how they think this is possible. On a Monday morning, you get given a test that they reckon takes 10 to 20 hours to complete. You're given it on a Monday morning and it's due on Friday evening. If you want to do the maths on that, that's two to four hours a day for five days straight. You could have a full-time job, you could have kids, you could have plans. This kind of timeline is ridiculous. The funny thing is, usually the timeframes they give are their expectations. That doesn't mean it's your expectation or is set against your requirements or your ideas of how long it's going to take. Bonus points here for ridiculous requirements. Probably the most notable for me is I had applied to a job and the company asked me to, as part of a, a 10 to 20 hour test, write a RESTful API with multiple endpoints of varying types that also had OAuth authentication, OData enabled endpoints, a admin front end, so admin users can log in and see which of the normal users were having whatever usage and doing different bits and bobs. Also, a small web front end that was mobile friendly, so, you know, a, a mobile web app, whatever, that normal users could log in, pull back the data and do some charting or whatever, some analytics, analytics and that it looked like it would fit in in a modern website or whatever. Asking someone to do this in 10 to 20 hours is beyond ridiculous. There are companies that could spend anywhere from three months to five years implementing a system like this. I don't know what they want to test here, but if you can deliver that in 10 to 20 hours, you should be shot because you're a bad developer and the amount of shortcuts you would have taken to make it happen should be illegal. <laughs> so there we have it a plethora of red flags. The summary here is that if you're seeing behavior like this that seems one-sided, seems strange, just doesn't add up, take note, don't ignore it. Don't miss a red flag because you're wearing rose-tinted glasses or you have some idea of a salary figure in your mind you're working towards. The interactions you have with a company during the interview process can be a really great window into the just absolute horrors that await you if you actually end up working there. Now, let's be real for a second. If you see these things happening, it might not be the end of the world. 
as we said from the start, the tech interview process is broken. And not all interviewers are corporate robots. Some of them are actually people too. And people can get nervous. Make up your own mind. Do your research outside of the interview too. The interview is not your only information source. Check out Glassdoor for interview experiences and questions. Look at LinkedIn. You know, if you hear names throughout an interview, find those people. They could be on your team or in your department. You can see who they are and what they've done. Check out their blogs. Check out their GitHub. Assess the strength of these people who could be your peers or your hiring manager or your, you know, anywhere up the chain. A really good reason for this is I was interviewed for a position before that was, I was asked to work on a machine learning team. But when I went to everyone's LinkedIn, they talked about something completely different. It was all like content management systems and WordPress. Things like that can show that you've been set up with really just incorrect or false expectations. The other thing I like to do, and I would recommend if this is a company that has public customers, check Facebook, check Yelp, and check Google. I especially like Google for their reviews because people there have no filter. They just tell it as it is. You can see the public opinion of a company and see that, you know, whether people like interacting with them, whether they have a good name or whatever. These things can be important. So hopefully the next time that you interview, which I hope is soon and as often, you'll know if you or they are wasting your time and you're going to be in a better position to know whether it's worth proceeding and giving all of your time and energy to get that position for you. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or queries, as well as the social media accounts. You can message me on Anchor FM or just email me directly via speaking software show at gmail.com. I would be delighted to help in any way that I can and try and answer any questions that you might have. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. A rating, comment, or share will go a very long way towards keeping this going and allowing me to bring you new content. We have been Speaking Software. Catch you next time.